gospel is a very particular word or kind of speech in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, the gospel is God's promise of a son who will crush the serpent's head, forgive the sins of his people, raise them from the dead, and give them everlasting life solely on the basis of his grace for the sake of Christ. If you're interested in the, the beginnings of the church, you know, I think looking at the creed is a great way of, of getting into church history and really seeing where the faith kind of came together. In the scripture, the way it presents discernment is actually the skill that you develop where you're able to identify goodness. And what was surprising to me is that is much the way we use the language of discernment outside of the church. The real difference, I would say, like what patriarchy teaches versus what we should believe is that what they believe about the nature of men and women, that there is something fundamentally different about authority and submission between men and women. And that's not just like within particular relationships, but men and women in general. This is their nature. What are the duties required in the Ninth Commandment? The duties required in the Ninth Commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man. The Gospel never tells us something to do. The Gospel tells us about something that's been done. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. This is Colleen Sharp, and Rachel Miller is my co-host. And we had a post in our Facebook group, um, I think it was this last week, that kind of talked about sheep. And it was an interesting conversation. And Rachel and I thought that it would be a great topic for the podcast. Um, and, you know, as I was doing like a lot of reading, it's interesting how much kind of misunderstandings and wrong information is out there. And the more I read, I was kind of amazed at, at what a beautiful picture that it all paints in the Lord's wisdom. As when I saw the post in, in the Facebook group, it brought to mind uh, something that uh, our pastor had said recently in a sermon or in Sunday school lesson about us as sheep and uh, what it means for us to be sheep. And so I just thought it would be really um, a really interesting discussion to look at what scripture says and um, why it's useful for us to, for the analogy for us to be called sheep. Yeah. So throughout scripture, all the way from Genesis, we see, we see sheep actually quite a bit. Um, uh, we know that they're used as sacrifices. I think that's something that we all know. Um, I, I just pulled one verse on that, Numbers 28.4, you shall offer the one lamb in the morning and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. And so um, we see so many examples of that. Um, a source of income, you know, some people uh, had flocks of sheep and, you know, that they they can be used for different, uh, different things. Um, you can get milk from the the females, you can, I don't know if you've ever had sheep cheese. I have, um, you, you, of course, the wool, which is uh, great for, for clothes and other coverings and blankets and different things like that. Um, and you can eat them too. In fact, uh, just from my Jewish 
family, there's like certain times where they specifically will, you know, eat lamb and stuff. I, I never really developed a taste for it myself. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not particularly partial to it, but I've had it. Yeah. And, um, and then we see that it represents God's people. There are so many examples and we'll probably get to more of those verses, but one of the passages and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another, just as a shepherd, uh, I'm sorry, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And there, there's so many different pictures because we know in scripture where it talks about the sheep from the goats. And mm-hmm. we know that it talks about um, just referring to God's people in different ways as sheep. And, and then it, and then we actually have the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, which mm-hmm. is amazing, and uh, the Lord being our shepherd, too. I was thinking you know, about it being a source of income. We talked before we got on today about this being an analogy that the people uh, of Israel would have been familiar with, uh, they, shepherds and sheep would have been around. Um, you see, I'm thinking of the number of people uh, in the Old Testament who um, had flocks of sheep or who are uh, shepherds or shepherdesses who were taking care of the family's flocks. Uh, so, it's a very a very familiar image. Uh, and it even talks about wool, too, mm-hmm. in Scripture. Yeah. One of the things, a uh, passage that I love is from Isaiah 53. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So we sheep need a shepherd. They're kind of lost. Mm-hmm. One of the things Rachel and I were talking about before is that they're defenseless. Yeah, that that was what um, our pastor mentioned in, in his sermon is that we're like sheep because we are defenseless. You know, the sheep don't have uh, you know claws and fangs and um, you know the external defenses that many animals do have. Uh, they're not particularly big and bulky, and and they can't really you know, fight off uh, attacks. So they need a shepherd to protect them. Yeah. If you um, talk to people that have farms and different things, they have to protect, you know, their animals, animals from that. Uh, one of the theology gals admins, she has chickens and goats and mm-hmm. uh, she's had, of course, a raccoon likes to go in, steal the chicken eggs one day she had a um, a snake, the really dangerous one. Why did it just slip my head? <laughs> um, a rattlesnake. That's what it mm. was. She actually picked it up with her hands and went through it in the field. <laughs> I would not do that. <laughs> I'm not afraid of snakes, but any venomous mm. ones I stay away from. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, Shelties, like my dog Strider, uh, were raised to care for flocks. And one of the things that they do is um, watch for um, uh, predator birds that would come and like take off and fly off with lambs and babies, mm-hmm. baby sheep. And so they they watch and they scan the skies, and it's what they're bred to do. Which is, of course, for Strider, why he barks at ceiling fans and planes. Oh, um, okay, that makes sense. But, which is really very funny, but when you think about the fact that that was trained in, or bred into them to to be watchers, um, I mean, I knew that they're herding dogs. I didn't realize that was also part of the protection that they did. Does he ever catch birds? Um, I have never seen him catch a bird. Okay. Mm-mm. 
really just wants them to go away. He's not after them. He wants to oh, bark so them away. Oh, so he just chases them away. Our yes. golden retriever would catch birds and bring them to us. Yes, a and retriever. I yes, did not <laughs> like that at all. Like they would be. Um, oh yeah, almost not alive anymore. So that was yeah. But I, it's Wanna, they're mm-hmm. doing what they were bred to do, though. And right. you know, what are you going to do? Um. Psalm 103 says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And again, we have that picture of the shepherd and the sheep and Mm -hmm. him caring for us. Yeah, it's the one of the images um, from from Matthew 9, when it talks about Jesus looking at uh, at the people. And it says that he saw the crowds and he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And it's, it's a beautiful image and it, uh, it is a reference to, to uh, Old Testament passages, uh, particularly in, in Ezekiel. And there's a place where the Lord um, speaks to the people and, and he speaks specifically to um the the leaders of Israel, the shepherds, the religious leaders, the the political leaders of, the, of of Israel, and he he chastises them for being um, bad shepherds. It says this is in Ezekiel thirty four, and it says you eat the fat and close your, well, clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. The diseased, you have not healed. The broken, you have not bound up. The scattered, you have not brought back. Nor have you sought for the loss, but with force and severity, you have dominated them. They were scattered for a lack of a shepherd. Um, and that that picture then, when, so when Jesus says he looks at the crowd and he has compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, his people had been hurt and harmed by the religious uh, leaders in Israel. They had been um, not cared for. Um, and, of course, he is the good shepherd. He is both the good shepherd. Uh, he is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world, and he is our good shepherd, which is also promised then uh, in that passage. It says, I myself God says, we'll search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd cares for his herd in the day. I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the, the countries and bring them to their own land, feed them. By the streams and, and inhabited places of the land, I will feed them in a good pasture. It says, they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture. I will feed my flock and lead them to rest. I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, and strengthen the sick. Uh, that that image, then, you know, we see it, um, it brings to mind, should bring to mind uh, one of the most most famous psalms, Psalm twenty three. You know, he is he leads us by the the still waters he restores our soul he gives us rest and feeds us and comforts us and cares for our needs you know uh i th- i was thinking exactly of of psalm 23 too as as you were um reading that and i think about also the way 
the ways that shepherd is used. And mm-hmm. you mentioned um, in Old Testament, we see that. And of course, the Lord is our shepherd. But also, when we've talked about, even in our conversations about abuse, mm-hmm. how um, kind of grotesque, I don't know a better word for it, than when somebody who's supposed to be a shepherd mm-hmm. um, abuses the sheep, because we have our pastors that are a sort of shepherd too. And that that's one reason why like the spiritual abuse that some people encounter is just so devastating. I mean, all abuse mm-hmm. is devastating, but when the person who is supposed to care for you abuses you instead. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, you know, part of what, what came to mind in, in these discussions and, and with what, what Todd said and what, um, what it came to mind with the, the discussion on in the Facebook group and other places as well. Uh, have you ever heard the the myth that um, the shepherd or shepherds in Israel or shepherds in ancient times would um, have to to break a sheep yes leg in order to make them lay yes, down and and rest that. and heal and um and I mean you can see the 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 intent with it, right? That sometimes, you know, we are um, rebellious sheep that need to be reminded, you know, and need to be calmed and settled. Um, and, and of course, there's a certain number of scriptures where we are disciplined by the Lord as he um, corrects us and chastises us in order to guide us in good ways when we're, especially when we're running off on our own. But, you know, that image of, uh, of the shepherd har- harming the sheep in order to heal the sheep it's it's just not it's not an accurate picture it's not an accurate picture from um history it's also not an accurate picture of what of who god is and his character and um uh, of jesus as our good shepherd i um i read somewhere on one of a couple different sites talking about how how impractical and counterproductive that would be to like to break a sheep's leg. Um, they're, they're heavy to carry. It's not like you could just go around carrying one all the time because, and if you had several that you'd broken, how's the shepherd going to take care of everybody um, and carry them everywhere while he's also flock, uh, herding the flock. And what you see in scripture, like when the, with the lost, the one lost sheep, um, the, the shepherd goes out, seeks it, finds it, gathers it, brings it back in into the fold. Um, it, it's a very tender picture. You think of the number of places where um, in Isaiah 40, which is another passage that I love, uh, it says that that he, God, will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, gently leading those that are with young. I mean, it, it's a tender picture, and it's it's uh, it's gentle. What do you think, Colleen? Yeah, it, well, when you think about the fact that of why sheep are used as kind of a picture of this, you know, that sheep are defenseless. That would seem a level of cruelty to Mm -hmm. let me hurt them so that I can heal them. But I think the, I, I read a whole bunch about kind of sheep herders and, and, you know, they're, they're defenseless. And if a little sheep wanders off, then the shepherd kind of leads them back you know, gently mm-hmm. takes them with the staff and over here, young one, um, you've wandered off to somewhere you shouldn't be. It That's 
that's the picture that that we have. And I think even from all the passages that we read about that, mm-hmm. there is there. I, I think it is a sheep, but I can't remember for sure where there's a you know a picture. It's like a meme. I think it's mm-hmm. a video of like the sheep has um, had fallen into a hole and the shepherd is trying to get him out and he's not, the sheep is not making it easy. And it's yes. kind of like, you know, I think the meme is something like me when the Lord's trying to, you know, <laughs> pull me out of some horrible situation I've gotten myself into. It's like the video of the one with the the sheep that's in a ditch. And the guy gets him out. Oh, and yes. That she turns around, looks, and bounds off twice more and ends up back in the ditch. And I'm like, yes. oh, that's. Because yeah. sometimes they aren't super smart, oh. which I, I can relate to that. Sometimes, like, you know, when you have those situations, you're like, Lord, why didn't I just listen to you? Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like that meme that I think about it all the time where the person is riding the bike and puts the pencil in the spokes and falls Mm. over and says, why did you do this to me? (laughs) That's our temptation, but it's really, how did I get myself in this situation? Um, You know, one thing I read interesting, I thought this was really fascinating that, you know, how some animals can, uh, you don't see people riding sheep. You Mm -hmm. don't see sheep. like guess mutton busting would be the only one, but only for small children. Right. That That's different. I actually have seen that because at the National Western Stock Show. Mm-hmm. But it's not a common thing that mm-hmm. um, you see, you know, sheep. Kind of, and, and what the person said was that, you know, you don't see them carrying heavy packs on their back. Like they're not mm-hmm. meant to carry burdens. That's what the person mm-hmm. said. So I thought that was interesting. No, it is. That's a very, I like that as a as a a reminder of who we are. Um, yeah, so you, you think about the shepherd has the rod and the staff and, and uh, like it mentions in Psalm 23 and it's used to, to guide and protect us. Um, one of the things that a quote that I love from uh, Calvin uh, is that uh, a pastor, the shepherd ought to have two voices one for gathering the sheep and another for warding off or driving away wolves and thieves. And that's the image that you see with the shepherd with the rod and the staff. He gathers the sheep with it and drives off the wolves. And that's the direction it should be, right? To protect the sheep from uh, from wolves, from thieves, from those that would hurt and harm. Um, it should never be that the shepherd turns the rod and beats the sheep, Well, you brought up Psalm 23. Psalm 23 Mm -hmm. says your rod and your staff will comfort me. It doesn't say Mm -hmm. your rod and your staff will beat me or discipline me, but comfort me. Drive Um, me into submission. No, it doesn't say that. Right. And so if you you really think about that picture, if you've wandered off and the shepherd says, over here, young one, you're like, oh, good. I hear my shepherd's voice. I'm back Mm -hmm. where I'm supposed to be. It's a comfort. Mm-hmm. And if it was it a, if it's a, if it was a, another sort of tool, then the sheep would be like, oh no, here comes the rod and the staff again. I don't want that. Right. You'd run from the shepherd. Um, yeah. 
Have you seen it? It's always so amazing to me. Um, I don't know where it is, but there's a wonderful video. I watch way too many animal videos, but there's a, a wonderful one where you have the shepherd and so, so, so many sheep. And I don't, I don't know where they're coming from and where they're going to, but there's so, so, so many of them, but they kind of, the, there's quite a bit of space between, Mm. you know, where the shepherd is and where all he's kind of leads them to where they're going. They're crossing a street and there's some cars like wait in the studio Mm -hmm. cars are waiting, but you know, he kind of points them in the right direction and they, they walk together, you know, mm-hmm. I just thought, thought about that. Yeah. I, I saw something um, where it was someone who's very inexperienced, who's trying to get the sheep to do something and they were going all over the place and they brought in a, a shepherd, a shepherdess, someone who knew what she was doing and her dogs her trained dogs. And with whistles and, and hand movements and movement, then the sheep all went exactly where they're supposed to from one field to the next. Like, yep, we're doing the right thing. We know where we're going. And I was like, the, you know, the, the picture there of a good shepherd, right? That good shepherd knew exactly what she was doing to get the sheep to go where they needed to go. Um, and just the, the difference between uh, doing it well and doing it poorly is very obvious. So one of the things is when like thinking about Isaiah 53, six, where it talks about um, where it says we all like sheep have gone astray. So they're kind of prone to wander off, you know, Um, my sister, when, when we were young and we'd go like to a bookstore, my sister would kind of wander off. (laughs) We'd be looking for her because she'd kind of just not thinking just wander off over here. My brother get interested in something and, right. and wouldn't realize we'd moved on. Right. Exactly. I had a child like that too. So. And so you can kind of see that picture. I think we all know somebody um, that does that. And sheep can, can wander into um, dangerous circumstances. And that's why even um, in that video that I was mentioning, um, most of the sheep are going, but you got this one trying to go off to the side and the shepherds kind of having to go over and say, nope, mm-hmm. this way, little one. It is just amazing, right? The, um, and and we talk about Jesus as the good shepherd. You know, he's the one, of course, promised in that in the Old Testament passage that God's going to come and be the shepherd for his people. Jesus is that shepherd uh, as well as the, the sacrifice. And so some of the verses like uh, from John, uh, John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The sheep, he says, the sheep hear his voice and know him and follow him. Right? That You see that in you see the videos of in stories about the shepherd can call and the sheep come, um, recognizing their shepherd's voice. And that would, again, it'd be an image that the people that Jesus was talking to, that they recognized and understood. Um but the meaning of that for us, that he is our good shepherd who lays down his life, who cares for us, who protects us, who guards us, who rescues us, uh, it's it's not meant to beat us up as being dumb sheep who need to be put in our place, but to remind us of how um, vulnerable we are, um, how um, how much we need a shepherd who cares for us. You know, it makes me think about 
when we've talked about servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I'm sorry. I know I repeat myself, but I'll mention it anyways. Um, if I did, it was a long time ago. So I was watching this um, this it, podcast YouTube channel, Secular. I don't even remember what it was about or where I was watching it, but um, this guy on there had a business and he said to the other guy, like, this was a new thing. These are not Christians. Have have you heard about servant leadership? It's the most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to explain it like he was, you know, being um, like he was giving a Christian message. It was really amazing. He's like, you, you can see, the people that you're leading, you consider um, their good before your own. And he's saying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me think a little bit when we have the good shepherd and who also sacrificed himself for us. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I just, I thought it was so fascinating hearing this non-Christian. And they act, there actually was even a book about management that mm-hmm. promoted the servant leadership model as being very successful in business. Amazing how that that could be true. Um, it's know. servant leadership. It it is it is biblical. Um, it is. But what happens, Rachel? When one of the reasons why we follow the Lord because He knows we know that He is concerned with our good, and mm-hmm. when somebody uses a servant leadership model, you know that they're not just. Um, thinking of themselves as number one, but considering and willing to sacrifice for those that they lead. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. an amazing picture when you look at what Christ did for us, that he came to serve, not to be served. And just that whole, whole picture we're given in scripture is amazing. I think some of the most, um, some of the best, um, work experiences I've had have been with bosses who were willing to get in um, and, and, and deal with the things themselves. Like they weren't above the hard work. They were willing to pitch in and willing to help, um, st- willing to step in and protect us. If, if there was something going on where we were being mistreated by others, right? there was, it, you just, it's a good boss who's willing to step in and, and take part in the work that you do and protect you as, as, as much as they can. Um, from unfair, you know, unfair treatment. And I was thinking about it in terms of of churches and, and with all the things, the episodes and, and discussions that we've had on spiritual abuse and, and finding a good church. You know, you, you want to look for a church where it, it's a good shepherd, right? Where the leaders see themselves as uh, servant leaders. And you know, no church is going to be perfect. It's just no no person is perfect other than Christ. Um, so you're never going to find a perfect place to be. But if you're somewhere where the leadership is is hurtful and harming and harsh and demanding and cruel, you need to find a new place. Then that's and and that's one of those those key things, one of those big red flags about. Um, a church where you're, where the people aren't safe because they're being mistreated and they're being harmed because the shepherds don't see themselves as good shepherds as, as caring for the sheep, but as profiting off of them. And that's profiting with money or with position or with influence or power. Um, but 
they're looking at it in ways of enriching themselves instead of caring for what God has entrusted to them. And I think caring is is really a key word there. In some of the um, more um, public um, pastors that have had falls mm-hmm. and some of the stories that you read where they they didn't seem to be so concerned with care of the flock, but more of a power and a control. Mm-hmm. And and that's even the difference when you think about sheep and shepherds. Um, you know, a shepherd that would do that that example that you gave. I'm going to break the the leg mm-hmm. so that I can heal it. That that's almost you see an emotional version of that that happens mm-hmm. in some of these spiritually abusive churches where it's almost like, well, I'm going to break you so that I can save you. And that's where, you know, one of the things to look for um, in any community, but particularly in your church community is how, how are people who are, you know, the vulnerable, who are, um, you know, the, the sick and the wounded, both physically, emotionally, spiritually wounded, how are they treated? Are they cared for? Are they, um, are they comforted? Are they, are they encouraged? You know, or only, are you only useful to the church as long as you're active and productive? You know? Um, yeah. Those are just important things to look at when you're considering where you are and um, where you want to be. You know, Rachel, I think we should link that sermon. Um, Todd's? Okay. You've mentioned it a couple of times. So I'm going to link that in the episode notes. Uh, his sermons are always very, very good. I wanted to mention this is a little bit side note and um, that the Sunday school at our church this morning was on eternal subordination of the sun. And I have the notes from it. I'm, I'm pretty sure our pastor would be okay with me um, posting those out. I'll double check with him. Um, but I, there was some really great stuff in the notes. And so I'm going to put that in the Facebook group, I'll link the Sunday school on this episode, I, just because we've talked about that mm-hmm. uh, so much. In fact, I was talking to my mom um, this afternoon about all the the work that Rachel has done. And, and that's a topic that periodically comes up again. Um, over and over again. Over and over. I still get women that reach out to me and ask me, questions about that. And we've even, there's even continued to be some controversy with some teachers who are doubling Mm -hmm. down in teaching that. And they're in our circles, um, on the fringe of our circles, but they're there. And, uh, you know, I didn't even know what it was when Rachel started writing about it. What was like 2014 or 2015 Mm -hmm. was the first time. But then, um, when I started looking at it, I'm like, wait, this is everywhere. So I wanted to mention that because I think a lot of our listeners would be interested in that. Yeah, we should probably link the episodes that we did on ESS then too, just to have um, a little more detail about it um, available. It's an excellent idea. Such a big debate, but you know, that's in, in in looping in the discussion about a good shepherd um, when your pastor comes to you and, and tells the tells you and teaches you as the congregation about um, 
about good doctrine, but also warns you about uh, bad doctrine that's out there. That's you know part of the role as a shepherd, and he's protecting the sheep by keeping us aware. Protecting the sheep from the wolves. We didn't even talk mm-hmm. about wolves, but we all know that that's another another picture that um, that we see in scripture. And yep. there's wolves in sheep's clothing too. All kinds of things. So I will link all of that in, in the episode notes, just because I think a since I still get questions about it, mm-hmm. even very recently, a girl that's uh, that is starting to learn just now starting to learn about this stuff. I think that's why people, you know, maybe weren't around for the big controversy several years ago, and then they hear people talking about it and they say, "What is this eternal subordination?" So. Mm-hmm be good to have um, all those resources linked to. Well, thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you next time.